welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 94. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary hanging out with you. A little bit later than I would have liked to get this out, but I appreciate you sticking with me. I know it could be a pain in the butt sometimes, but hey, listen, life gets in the way. This isn't my full-time gig. I got other responsibilities. Unfortunately, I'm doing the best we can, but we have a lot to get into. We're going to be talking about Elijah Moore developing into a star right before our very eyes. We're going to get into your voicemails, all that fun stuff, but before all of that, You got a quick little message about a stocking stuffer. It's the holiday season. Do you know what you're going to get your favorite person as a gift just yet? Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, they got you covered. They have the tools to guarantee you to win this year's stocking stuffer, white elephant, whatever it is you play, Yankee swap. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. Not a math podcast, but 4 million times two if we're talking two balls apiece. That's up to 8 million balls service. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with my promo code JETS20. That is J-E-T-S-2-0 for 20% off and free shipping. Tis the season to perform. Let's hop into today's episode. I really want to talk about Elijah Moore. The Jets lost. Who cares? What I mean by that, would I have liked them to win, of course. Did the defense play awful? Yes. Yes, very much so they did. Uh, We talked at length earlier in the week about Zach Wilson's performance. I thought it was a very much so positive step in the right direction. Three touchdowns in the first half is no joke. That was awesome to see. But I want to focus in on Elijah Moore, who didn't practice today, which slightly scares me a little bit, but that's a whole other thing. Did you know, since week nine, No wide receiver in the NFL has more receiving touchdowns than Elijah Moore. He's got five. Not just rookies. He's not leading the way for all rookie wide receivers. No, 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 no. Five receiving touchdowns over the last five weeks. What does his production look like? Well, 392 yards, five receiving touchdowns. That is 78.4 yards per game. That's a really nice pace. If you want to pace that out over a full 17-game season, that's over 1,300 yards. That's very, very good. Um, and he is very much so becoming the Jets' number one target. I like, I'm like. i still on Corey Davis. I like him. Uh, is he a number one? No. I, I think too many people thought he was going to be a number one wide receiver when that's not really what he is. He's a very, very good number two. Has he played well this year outside of the Carolina game and some nice moments against Tennessee? Not really. Uh, He underwhelmed. A lot of drops, injury issues, which is ironic because neither of those things were a problem earlier in his career until he got to the Jets. Is it just bad luck? Could Joe Douglas have seen this coming? I'm leaning more towards bad luck on that one. I think he's definitely... You know, a solid receiver and would be a good piece for this wide receiver room next year. He's done for the year, unfortunately. What that could mean, though, is even more targets for Elijah Moore, which is good because it's not like, I don't know, he's more of a dynamic player, different kind of skill set. Corey Davis is a go-up-and-get-it guy. He's a really good blocker in the run game. And I, I know I'm not going to even get into the whole Denzel Mims thing. Who's I mean, he, maybe he plays for Corey Davis. If not, I, I don't know. Whatever you get out of Denzel Mims is good from me down the stretch here. I don't want to even make it about that. What I want to make it about is just Elijah Moore becoming truly a star. 
Like, it's not, oh, this is a good player. No, 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 no. He's developing into a stud wide receiver right in front of our very eyes. A true number one wide receiver right in front of our very eyes. What I think impresses me the most, yeah, we, we know he has that crazy ability with the ball in his hands. He's a very good wide receiver at making things happen once he has the ball and just getting open. But it's the route running that does it for me. It really is. The mix of speed and the pristine route running. Man, that's it's it's going to be a lot of fun. And you know what? Over the last five games, I just gave it to you. It's looking pretty damn good. And even his yards per game over the full season with his struggles earlier in the year, it's sitting right around 50 yards a game. Just under 50 yards a game. Is that phenomenal? No, it's not. But as a rookie, then it's you assume it's only going to go up through the remaining, what, five games on the slate? Got to be pretty happy. I will say this. Well, I'm not giving up on the 2020 class like some people are. The Jets' 2021 draft class is looking really, really good. Take Zach Wilson out of it, second overall, because while, yes, he's progressing, franchise if he's a franchise quarterback or not is very much so still up in the air. But Elijah Vera Tucker has been downright great. I mean, did he have a bad like first, I don't know, two or three games? Yeah. Since then, has he been almost a Pro Bowl level? Also, yes, he is a legitimate stud. Someone who you hopefully have for the next decade. Love it. Absolutely love it. That's a, bu- that's a hit. Then you have Elijah Moore. Oh, man, I love that. I love it. When do the Jets find someone like this? The Jets, I mean, the, the best comparison to what they've had that resembles this is peak Santana Moss, which I don't even think could be be at the same level. I think Moore could be a better all-around player than Santana. As good as Santana Moss was, 2010 Santonio Holmes. Santonio Holmes is a damn good player. Came up with a lot of big-time catches in huge spots and clutch. Elijah Moore could be even more dynamic than that, which is, it's scary to say that because those are two. Are they Hall of Fame receivers? No. But are they really good players? Oh yeah. Elijah Moore could be better than those two guys with how he's playing right there. He's not he's not quite there yet. He's got a long way to go. Obviously, both those guys had a very well established NFL career. And injuries could always come in. But what we're seeing right now from Elijah Moore is like nothing we've seen at the wide receiver position for this team in a long time. And 2015's different. 2015 was a fun year. You had Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. <clears throat> go off for a ton of yards, a ton of touchdowns. There's a veteran team, and none of those guys were really long-term answers. And I liked both Marshall in 2015 and Eric Decker a lot. I thought they were a very, very good tandem. They were, uh, but very different receivers than Elijah Moore. Not nearly as dynamic. Marshall, big, physical, go up and get the ball. Decker, just get open, man. Good route runner, but not the same kind of explosive speed that Elijah Moore has. He's been really fun. When you look at the rest of the 2021 draft class, you're, you're, getting, you're finding talent throughout. Michael Carter II. Looks like he can play. Michael Carter, the running back. Looks like he can play. I can't wait to get him back. Get him back into the mix. That's what I want to focus on. That's what I want to be excited about. It, does it suck they lost? Yes, it does. But this year is all about development, right? 
And if you had a game where your rookie quarterback looked like he got better and your stud rookie wide receiver is starting to look like a star in front of our eyes, well, that's what I want to focus on. Would it be nice if the defense could get off the field on third and 19? Hell yeah, it would. Would it be nice if Gardner Minshew didn't look like a Hall of Famer against the Jets defense? Of course, yes, it would. But I want to focus on the young guys getting better. That's a positive. So without further ado, let's hop into these voicemails. We have a ton of calls to get into. We're going to get into reaction, storylines, all that fun stuff. Let's do it. First up, man, let's go Jake in Jersey. Jake, what do you got, my friend? Hey, Matt, what's going on? Jake from Jersey. Uh, what up, dude? I was actually at the game today. It was it was a pretty fun first half, not going to lie. I think uh, Wilson definitely looked significantly better. Um, I agree. Yeah, he had that one pick, but, I mean, really, he, I thought he looked a lot better than what he looked last week, that's for sure. Also, um, these fucking – I'm sorry, these kickers, <laughs> I, I don't know uh, it's bad. what to say anymore. Um, it's ridiculous. They should just go for two points all the time, I guess. I, I really don't know. Yep. Um, also, Corey Davis, um, was he wide receiver four at this point, I guess. Um, maybe he's playing uh, hurt or something. Not sure, but maybe uh, insert Mims there where uh, where Davis should be from to, to end the season possibly. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, just check it in, man. Hope you had fun watching the game. Take it easy. Yeah, man, you too. Thank you for calling in. Um, with Corey Davis, I mean, yeah, we obviously found out that he was playing hurt. Um, which, I mean, he was a liability in that game, probably because he was playing hurt. He had a drop on a ball, uh, a, a rare, seemingly rare good touch pass from Zach Wilson, uh, and, he, and he just flat out dropped it, and he looked hurt on the play too. Like, just, he's going to be shut down for the year, and yeah, we're going to really see over the next few weeks, was I right for banging on the table to see more Denzel Mims? Do we actually see more Denzel? I think we should. Does that mean it'll happen? We don't know. There's no way to tell. But damn it, the kickers stink. And they went out and they signed a kicker. Does it matter? I mean, I guess he was okay. Unless it was in the 40-yard range. 40 to 49 yards was not very good. Um, Don't know. That's one of the things that Joe Douglas desperately, desperately, desperately needs to improve on. I don't know if there's one in the draft. Um, I don't know if I would draft a kicker, but like, there's no reason you can't try to find the priority free agent. None. So we'll see. Let's go to Joe. He's calling in from Trumbull. Let's see. What do we got? Hey, Matt. This is Joe from Trumbull. Uh, kind of a weird one today where it's like, I'm not necessarily mad. You know, I'm not rooting for the loss. I say, you know, I want to see the wins and the progression, but Besides the defense, we saw a lot of progression in the offense. Eli Moore continues to be a stud. Uh, I saw somebody compare him to Santana Moss on Twitter today. That would be worse than most unbearable thing I think I saw today. But um, for the offense, you know, it looks great. It's like it's got a stride. Like Kevin Coleman, uh, like you said on your episode or video today, he was like 2016 Kevin Coleman with some of the bursts he had. And Zach, like, just proved – Everybody was saying last week, you know, he's not the guy, blah, blah, blah. Just like, you got to be patient. you got to give him time. Because if you don't, then you're on a Rosen situation. Obviously, there's no quarterback to replace him next year. It's not what I want. But it's just like, like come the breaks, upwards of like 220, three touchdowns, obviously a bad mistake. But if you think about it, there were some terrible drops that led to that bad mistake. Whether it was the quarry drop, the big uh, one to Elijah that dropped. There was another big one to Elijah that Elijah dropped. Just like small things, you know, just clean them up. I don't think the score today indicated the game whatsoever. Like, 
his 15-point deficit, I mean, you make those two extra points, and it's a completely different ball game. And then that terrible first down that they overruled, it's like there was not enough evidence. But I'm not one to complain about the rest. It was just like – It was bad. Yeah, well, if we were going to lose, I guess it was the best way that could happen. But I do have a question for you, Matt, and that's if a quarterback jumps up during the offseason, everybody starts to fall in love with him, and we're sitting at four – and let's say Hutchinson and Thibodeau were both off the board. Would you be interested in trading out of that first first round pick if the Seahawks went also within a ten pick range and getting more assets for the future that Joe Douglas can build off? Um, what is it? Uh, just let me know. I'm, I'm very interested in what you're going to say. Last night I called in last week. We talked about that soft zone a little bit, and it's interesting to see there was less soft zone this week and a little bit more of like attacking. The attacking didn't work because their offensive line is so like different and has so much more experience than the Houston offensive line had last week. But whatever, defense has got to get better. Offense looks a lot better. Zach is definitely progressing. So, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thank you. Really uh, appreciate you checking in with us as always. Um, <laughs> the Santana Moss brought right back up. Um, and yeah, I mean, just going through this, Tevin Coleman looked good. I, I don't want to see a ton of Tevin Coleman because I want to see more Michael Carter when he comes back. Um, but I, I think we should be at least semi happy with what we were able to see out of Zach in this one. Like, can we have at least a little bit of a building block? And I know the defense didn't play well, and I know the adjustment didn't work. They need more players on that side of the ball. They just do. And, like, let's just make life easy for Zach Wilson. That should be the goal here uh, going forward. But I think it was – I agree. I think it was over by the, the second half because they were just weren't on the field at all. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I It's frustrating when the defense is that bad. But, like, my thing is I just want to – my only thing is I want to take away positives from the young guys because that's what this year was all about. So if you can do that, then great. We'll see. We'll see if they could maybe, fingers crossed, improve. You would assume against the Saints they're going to be going up against Taysom Hill. Are they going to run the ball like mad against him? Probably. I would if I was the Saints. But if he's asked to throw, well, then it's not going to be very good. Let's go to, who do we got next? Brian in Atlanta. He's got some reaction as well, man. Let's do it. Hey, Matt. Brian from Atlanta. Quick side note. Just want to say appreciated. Uh, you put me in the finals for uh, oh, yeah. the T-shirt on your panel that Tuesday. I am CBAS 2014. Cool, man. Uh, so, yeah, appreciate that. We submitted to the finals or something. Um, uh, offense, quick note uh, or question. Are we ever going to see a full game? Zach Wilson. I'm tired of him just playing pass. We see a full game this week. He probably throws for well over 300 yards. And it's not just him. Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, even plays out on the field. You know, the drop passes, it's just getting tiresome. You know, come on, Zach. Give us one full game. I see the progression, but now I need a full game. Um, defense, just atrocious, man. All season long, we can't stop runs up the middle. Can't stop tight ends. How do we not make adjustments for this? You know, we're, we're in game, what, 13? This this is ridiculous. Um, kicking, 
that's solely on Joe Douglas. You got to put the kicking solely on Joe Douglas. He's had three years to get the kicking situation taken care of. You know, A on trades, F on getting a kicker, man. Use one of those six to seven round draft picks. Get us a kicker. Uh, it's good to see Sala being uh, excited on the sideline, angry at the calls, and that leads to the officiating, man. I don't know what a fair, what a catch is, what's not a catch, what's a penalty. They don't call penalties half the time, and now they're starting to decide games, and it's not just the Jets. It's if you look all over the NFL, NFL's got to fix the officiating problem uh, that's going on. It's bad. It's really but, um, freaking bad. Yeah. It's so, every week. Uh, you know any quick fixes for the defense, throw it out there because I'm at a loss, man. These guys are horrible. And Salah is supposed to be a defensive-minded coach. Usually when you have coaches that way, the that side of the ball is always taken care of. So I, I have no idea what's going on. But appreciate it. Appreciate all you do. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Appreciate the kind words there. Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. And, yeah, it, it's bad. It, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm happy with this defense or I thought this is where they would be. I thought they'd be a little bit better. But, like, they, they lost a lot on this defense. Their number one free agent that they went out and signed. Offense or defense was Carl Lawson, done for the year in August. Vinnie Curry was supposed to be a supplemental player, done for the year. Bryce Huff was supposed to be a supplemental player. Haven't seen him. Gerard Davis, swing and a miff. Swing and a miss. There we go. I don't know why I couldn't say that. Swing and a miss. Um, That one didn't work out. Right? Marcus May, you lost for the year. LaMarcus Joyner, you lost for the year. They 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 need help. They really do need help. They're, they're not playing with much. They have Shaq Lawson coming off the edge. And like other no-name rotational guys coming off the edge. Which that wasn't gonna that wasn't the expectation going into this year. It was supposed to be Carl Lawson. It was supposed to be Bryce Huff. It was supposed to be Vinny Curry. And there was, you know, supposed to have be depth there. And there wasn't. And we know that this defense is going to be built around their dominant defensive line. They don't have any edge at all right now. I'm ex- I like Carl Lawson a lot and think he's a great player and think he's gonna be good when he's back. But we know how, how, one, what this defense thrives off of is the pass rush. We know what Joe Douglas thinks of positional value. With one of those first two picks, I would be pretty confident in betting that one of those two is going to be an edge. Now, I know people are going to say, what about the linebacker? That's an issue. Corner's an issue. Safety's an issue. I get it. I really, really do. But what Robert Sala... Greg Olbrick, and even what I think Joe Douglas wants to do is get a dominant pass rush and build it from the front back. You have to be dominant at the line of scrimmage. Offensive line's getting there. Defensive line has some nice pieces, but when you don't have any sort of edge presence, well, guess what? It's not going to work. And I like John Franklin Myers a lot, and I like Quinton Williams a lot. Those are nice. Uh, Sheldon Rankins has even been pretty good this year. Uh, Foley's been decent. But if you don't have anyone coming off the edge, what good is it? It is bad. Like, again, I'm not defending what we have to see week in and week out. They can't get off the field. But there are some nice building blocks on this defensive side of the ball. They just have to add to it in both free agency and the draft, by the way. Sorry for a little rant, but that's kind of where we're at, I think, at this point. 
Uh, let's do Shane calling in from New Jersey up next. We're going to focus on the little things. What's bothering us about the little things? Mr. Matt O'Leary, how we doing? Shane from Jersey calling on this gray, depressing Monday. Love it. Uh, my only reaction to the game, man, I'll keep it quick. Can we just get the little things right? I mean, it's been years, years now. I'm 22 years old. I did four years at college. Uh, graduated last year. My whole college experience as a Jets fan is a blur because they were that bad. It's these goddamn little things. The kicker yesterday. Any doubt in your mind he was missing that first kick? I had no faith in him. Yep, missed right there. Second one, come on, he's not going to make it right. No, of course not, he missed it. The fours and three, C.J. Mosley. I did not know who was going off sides, Matt. I knew damn well someone was jumping. I knew someone on that line was jumping, and of course it's the only bet on the team. There we go, bam, another up, yeah, Jets moment right there. Big uh, wide receiver one, Corey Davis. When's he going to drop the ball? What's he going to drop it on? A slant and out? Oh, it's going to be a nice touch pass for a first down that he drops. Like, just these these little things that give me the hardest chest pains, and it makes it hard to, to breathe and to try to finish watching it. It's just atrocious. Can, can, can we stop being – if the defense was just not the worst defense in the league, maybe we win. Maybe we get the ball back and win. Going back to the Colts game, maybe if they don't let up 40-some-odd points and over 200 yards rushing, maybe we win the game. Like, it's incredible that it can never just all work as one cohesive unit. I get it. They're young, and there's, like, these undrafted late-round picks playing. I get it, but it's little things. The third and 19, were you sweating as hard as I was? I was dripping. What, what could they possibly run to get? And I had a feeling they were going get to it, get it or get damn close. And, and what do you know? They get the first out of the third and 19. I mean, just that's just my reaction to the whole game in general. Zach looks fine, but what do you have to say about what I just said? I guess. I don't know, man. I don't know. Holbrook might have to go. I'm not taking the call. All right. I'll catch you later, man. Be good. Go Jeff. There's a lot, there's a lot to unpack here, and thank you very much. That was very entertaining for me, Shane. That was great. Um, I'm gonna choose to talk about the very last thing you said. Great call. Not diminishing everything, you, anything you said on this call, because you're right. It is frustrating because they don't do any of the little things right. With the Ulbrich has to go. The funny thing is, through the first four games of the year. Right? Yes. First four games of the year. It was, there were people, and I'm not saying shame, but there were legitimate people saying that Ulbricht might get head coaching search options because of how good of a job he was doing with this, you know, mixed mash of a defense. Come a long way since then. And at the same time, you know how many calls I took about Mike LaFleur needing to be fired? Haven't heard one in, in a month, more than a month at this point. I really don't think that the Jets are going to make a major change to their coaching staff, meaning change a coordinator or the head coach or anything like that. They need bodies. And they're going to give him another run. If, if next year, if the defense underperforms next year, he's gone. It's as simple as that. It really is, but I, I just don't think they're going to sit here and they have the list just like I ran through the list of guys that were hurt this year and say, you know what? Yes, Greg Ulbrich got a fair shake at it. This was the exact team that he wanted. That's the team that Robert Sala and, Ol and Ulbrich wanted to put together to start. I mean, it's just, it's not. It's not. So 
I don't think they're going to move on from from either coordinator or any big time name like that. So there we go. Thanks again, Shane. Let's go to Ben Jersey. He's got reaction too. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. What up, dude? <laughs> so overall, with this Jets Eagles game, there were a number of things that caught my eye. One, obviously, the refs are absolutely atrocious. Awful. The Every two week. Fourth down penalties, calling the Jets that extended the drive for the Eagles in the third quarter. Just just disgusting. Not just for the Jets, but for the whole league. And it seems like that's a story with the NFL, especially this year. Another thing was that the defense was also as atrocious, maybe more atrocious than the rest. I mean, you leap the two two touchdowns that Philly got the first two of the game. Dallas Garter was literally left wide open. Like, no one was even around him. And that led to two easy scores for Philly. We can't stop the digging dunks. I don't know. We need we need help on defense this year. I mean, and I can't really, like, say a whole – I can't trash them a whole lot because aside from C.J. Mosley – Quinton Williams, um, John Franklin Myers, Sheldon Rankins. There's not really a whole lot of established talent. And a lot of these players are first-year players, second-year players are just inexperienced young players who are just trying to like, get a shot in this league. So I can't really trash them a whole lot, but effort has to be better. You can't win games like this. And the third thing is that Zach Wilson, I think maybe – in my opinion, I think he had his best game as a Jet. Maybe week four against Tennessee was his best game. Either or is fine, but three touchdowns in the first, what, 18 minutes of the game? It's a big That's deal. no joke. Like, he looked really confident in those drives, hitting Elijah Moore on a slant, sneaking one in, and then later hitting Ryan Griffin in the back of the end zone on a fourth and goal. He had a pretty solid game, and obviously we didn't score after that, but that's partially due to us having an incompetent kicker who can't kick to save his life. So, um, yeah, and also Elijah Moore is an absolute stud. Six receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. I think he's had, what, like six touchdowns since week seven. He's been absolutely amazing, and he is the clear wide receiver one going forward. Corey Davis can't catch the ball to save his life. And, yeah, that's really all I have to say. On to the Saints next weekend. Let me know your thoughts. And, as always, go Jets. Thank you. Appreciate it, as always. And uh, I want to focus on what you were saying in the second half of your call with Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore, man. Yeah, it is a big deal what Zach Wilson did in the first half. Sorry, it is. That's the most important thing is figuring out, oh, hey, is this young quarterback we drafted second overall, is he getting better? I would say yes. I would definitely say so. And it's a shame that he has to throw to Ryan Griffin at tight end. You should have better talent than that at that position. Absolutely should. It's inexcusable how much they ignored that position. Elijah Moore, man. He's a good one. He really is. And I can't wait to see him more down the stretch as his role is going to be bigger. And you know what? In the first half of this call, on the defense, I'm going to throw Bryce Hall's name in there. I know he's only a second-year player, but he's a good one. And he's a he's a building block, for sure. No doubt about it. 
Quinnen, established good. CJ Mosley, established good. JFM, Sheldon Rankins, good. Bryce Hall, damn good too. And he's going on that list. Absolutely must. That's how good he's been. The rest of the corner room, they need help. Yes. But there's free agency. There's the draft. There's trades. We'll see. We will absolutely see. Thank you, as always, Ben, for checking in with us. We're going to go to Will in Dallas. He's got some reaction as well. Let's do it. Hey, Matt. Will calling from Dallas again. Um, that was uh, that was an interesting game, to say the least. Um, I think I think Zach played well. I don't think he played poorly. The interception was bad, but, I mean, the rest of it was, was what everyone was complaining about and wanting to see was him just taking the easy throws, moving the ball down the field. First half was very impressive. Um, and the other thing was just Salah. I don't know. I don't know why people are saying like, oh, he shows no emotion. He doesn't care. All this. I mean, when you're getting blown out, what emotion do you want? Like, what good is screaming at the players going to do? But I, I mean, he lost it. <laughs> he lost it, and I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it was unnecessary either. That officiating was horrible. Like, do you think the rest were from Philly or, or had money on the game? Or I don't know. Um, anyways, my question is, um, how much of an impact do you think Gardner Minshew had on that game? Because obviously we game planned all week for Jalen Hurts. The, the Eagles did a good job keeping it under wraps that Hurts was going to be out this week. Um, so the whole game plan was for Jalen Hurts. And I think that's kind of why we got torched through the air. I mean, obviously we didn't run well either, but um, – that's that's my theory. Um, I think we made Gardner Minshew look like a all pro level quarterback. Yeah. Yesterday, but yeah, I just wanted your thoughts and uh, as always, love the show and go Jets. Thank you, man. Much appreciated. Uh, it definitely did play a factor. Their run style was going to be different. Like Robert Salas said in the post game and in. in uh, was it the Michael K show? I think he normally goes on or he's talking about the, the difference in styles of what they would be running. Like they knew they were going to run the ball, which they still did, but it was still just a little bit different, obviously with, uh, with Hertz, excuse me, you would have more, you know, quarterback involvement in the run game. Minshew, not at all. It was RPO stuff. It's frustrating that they can't figure it out. It is. But that's that's just where they are right now. Defense needs help, which is why I'm nervous for this upcoming game against the Saints. I just am. Because if Sean Payton was smart, which I think he's a good coach, he would carbon copy Bill Belichick's game plan from the bad weather game in Buffalo on Monday. Why are you going to have Taysom Hill throw? He's horrendous throwing the ball. But running, damn good. And the Jets can't stop the run to save anybody. So that's what scares me this week. And it's a good defense. Don't know. Yeah, I understand they've been reeling the Saints. They're not playing good football. I hear all that. But matchup-wise, especially if Kamara's back, it sounds like Hill's going to be playing this week, then... Men, oh, men. That could be a little bit of an issue for this Jets defense. I'll tell you that much. We're going to go to Jeffrey in New Jersey. Is this Zach Wilson's best game? Let's hear him out. Why? Hey, Matt. It's Jeffrey from New Jersey. And believe it or not, I haven't called in since the summer. But, uh, 
you know, things are going well. And I'll tell you what, yesterday's game was probably, I would say, Zach Wilson's best game as a Jet, even better than the Titans game because um, he looked a lot like Mike White did in the Bengals game, making those, like, you know, simple throws and stuff. Um, but he was also able to extend plays down the field, um, you know, and I think, like, if, if he plays as well as he did in this game, um, which he wasn't perfect, of course, you know, obviously better in the first half than he was in the second half. But, you know, if he keeps playing like that, um, I mean, he's going to only get better from here. And he plays a Saints team next week that, um, you know, is definitely vulnerable. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But so far, I'm pretty encouraged by what I'm seeing. And I just, you know, I hope he does well. And come next season, I think it's going to be, you know, a different second year than when, what Sam had. Um, you know, at least one can hope. So thank you very much and keep it up. Bye. Really appreciate it. I think that's a very wise way to to put it. The, the simple things looked easier. And he looked more confident. He did. Like, that matters. Early on or when he's been struggling – he just didn't look confident in himself. He looked like he was doubting his abilities. Man, just go out there and rip it. That's what makes him special is the ability that he has with the, his strong arm, rolling out, big-time throws, getting the ball down the field, all that good stuff. That's gonna that's that's always going to be there. But once you figure out that little stuff, man, is it going to make a big difference? And this week it did. It one really bad play. Overthrew Jamison Crowder. Ball came out weird, slipped, whatever you want to say. But still, I, I had the numbers on one of the earlier shows that I did this week talking about the uh, the last four games versus the first four games. He had seven interceptions in the first four games. The last four games, he just has four. Is that good enough? No, it has to continue to get better. But he has significantly cut down on interceptions, which is a great sign. Could live with one. Can't be having three, four interception games week in and week out. Just can't do it. But I'll absolutely take his stat line. I'll sign up for that. I hope he mixes in some games where he goes for even more and does a little bit of a complete. Like, that's the next step is to do that complete game. But he didn't really get that opportunity because the Jets didn't have the ball in the second half. They didn't have a kicker, which took them out of the game and made it a two-score game. I just like to see from start to finish a game that they're in and a game when it's working. Could it be this week? Certainly hope so. But after that, I mean, what do you have? Jacksonville? Or no, you have somebody else first. Miami, then Jacksonville, maybe? There's going to be opportunities. We'll see if they're able to make the most of it. I really hope that they do. Let's go to John David up next. He wants to talk about Salah. Hey, Matt, this is uh, John David from New Jersey. I'm just going to call you to talk about uh, Robert Sala and the entirety of the coaching staff and how everything's been going this season. Because although the results don't, you know, show themselves, you know, we only have three wins so far this season, um, it definitely feels like the culture change is being instilled because compared to last season, it felt like when we had, let's say, two wins, all the players are kind of down, out. Like, they really didn't want to play for Gase anymore. It seemed like a lost cause. But to see how the coaching staff is reacting on the sidelines, fighting for their players, being fired up no matter what, on good plays, bad plays, uh, I'm really happy with how this coaching staff's, you know, been as active with the roster compared to what we've seen from the last few years with uh, Bowles and Gay. So 
I mean, I think we got it right. I think we're going in the right direction. I'm not ready to count out, you know, all these players yet, even though the season's kind of lost at this point. It's basically just the rest of it's going to be talent evaluation. But overall, I just want to get your reaction on how you feel like the culture change has been going uh, and being instilled with this new coaching staff. You know, if they're doing their job, you know, you're seeing the right adjustments being made throughout the season. And, you know, if you're happy with the direction that the, the team is going to be going into the future, you know, because we have a lot of opportunity to really improve this roster with more talent. And I hope that the roster that we bring in is going to buy into this coaching system and give it their all the same way that these players are right now, uh, even though the results aren't showing like this uh, last defensive performance. But, yeah, I just wanted to get your take on how the coaching staff's been. And a uh, huge shout to the show, and thank you for everything you do. All right, thanks. Bye. Much appreciated. Um, I think here's where I'm at. I get a little tired sometimes of talking about the culture change because we've been doing it for years, right? Like in 2018, game one, Jamal Adams, the Jets demolished the Detroit Lions. Jamal Adams out there, culture's changing. Well, that was two coaches ago and three three years ago at that point. But I definitely think this team has an identity, which is for sure they did not have under Adam Gase. And I guess on defense, they kind of did under Todd Bowles, but not really. On defense, they want to get after the pass rusher. That's what they want to do on defense. On offense, they want to run the ball. They want to be quick. And they want to have a quarterback who has the ability to get the ball down the field. What I'll say is it finally looks like they have a plan. Don't Definitely do not think they had one under um excuse me, under Adam Gase, Todd Bowles. Tough to say because of who was calling the shots. The general manager was just downright atrocious, but at least Douglas and Sal look like they have a plan. And I always thought it was crazy to be so dismissive of Salah early in the year. Oh yeah, this guy definitely can't coach after what, four, five, six games. Do I give him a little bit more time than that with the youngest roster in the NFL and a rookie quarterback and a rookie play caller? So he's taking his lumps. He hasn't been perfect, but I did like how he stood up for his team this past week. He was very vocal with the referees on the field. He's very animated. And I was saying all along that when, the, when there's blowouts, he's not going to be animated. What do you want him to do? But when the Jets are in the game or when there's a big moment, he absolutely is animated, especially with the referees, which is fine, which is a good thing. The comparisons to Bowles or Gase on his sideline demeanor were, were always bizarre to me. But, um, yeah, I'm just glad that it seems like there's a process here. And I, I'm confident that it's going to work. So thank you, John David, for checking in. Let's go to Nikki. He is calling in from New Jersey. He wants to talk some kickers, man. Hey, Matt. This is Nikki from New Jersey. And I'm watching the Monday Night Football game, and Nick Bolt just hit the 41-yard field goal in, like, the worst kicking conditions. And with the Jets kicker situation, I know, like, most people don't want to talk about kickers, but the Jets really got to do something this offseason to fix this situation. There's this team, like, the past – since Jason Myers, that so many games have been cost by field goals and going forward into the, the future, I hope next year with the Jets, with the draft picks, with free agency, we have a chance to be maybe a 10-win team, maybe a team in the wild card hunt. So 
having a kicker is so crucial, especially for the playoffs. I just want to know what options are there out there for kickers, and mm. would you be willing to trade for a kicker? Uh, I don't watch much college football. I really only watch NFL, so I don't know if there's any good kickers to draft. But just curious on what we should do. I mean, for the rest of the season, I would just bring back Anadola. Yeah, he sucks, but he could punt if the punter gets injured. And on kickoff, he kicks out of the end zone. And the only positive thing I'll say about Amendola is if he misses, he could make it after. I feel like he has enough mental, I don't know, some sort of mental thing where he could get over missing a kick, even though he misses a lot, way too much. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, so when it comes to the kicker, it's not good. It's one of my biggest criticisms of what Joe Douglas has done in his tenure so far as Jets general manager. Did they spend the draft pick on it? I, I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Can you sign one in free agency? Here's some free agent names. Daniel Carlson, Nick Nick Folk. Ever hear of him? Nick Folk. Dustin Hopkins, Zane Gonzalez, Young Ho Koo, Matt Gay. Pay for one of those guys? We at least established NFL kickers? You might have to. You really might have to because it's just downright atrocious what they've been dealing with for 2018, 19, 20, 21. That's four years straight of the Jets just completely whiffing on kickers. It's unreal. It's got to be fixed because they can't. It's going to cost them games. And next year, it really starts. It's going to start to matter. It really is, so hopefully they figure it out. Roger Comac, he wants to get into Greg Oldbrick. Hey, Matt, it's Roger from Comac calling. I got a question for you, buddy, because I got to be honest with you. I mean, I I remember hearing all the all the people crying about uh, you know Lafleur not not being a good play caller early in the season. Then he goes up in the booth, and suddenly uh, you know everything is is gravy, right? Um, now I'm hearing those same calls for Jeff Olbrick. Personally, I think, you know, Olbrick, he, he's, he's got a raw deal right now because going into the season for one, uh, you know, first of all, we knew the defense was going to be a problem. Then you lose, I forgot how many guys to IR, you know, Vinnie Curry, you know, Marcus May, you know, Marcus Joyner. Yeah, the list is practically endless now. So he's dealing with a bunch of backups, second stringers, third yep. stringers in that lineup acting as starters. So not really a fair assessment of Ulbrich in my opinion. And I just wanted to, you know, toss it to you. What do you think? I mean, should Ulbrich be given another chance? Because personally, I think he should. But what's your opinion on it, buddy? And uh, by the way, I love the show. Go check. Yeah, man, appreciate it, Roger. We've kind of been hitting on this all show. I, I don't think he's gotten a completely fair shake. I don't, because as you said, the, the injuries are there, and I just, I don't think they're going to pull the plug that quickly. I don't think it's going to be like, okay, Joe Douglas finally gets his coach, lets him hire his staff, and then it goes bad in their first year, and it's like, oh, okay, defensive coordinator out the window. Don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Now, if next year, let's say. I don't know. They they make they through the draft and through free agency and everyone's healthy and you get some key guys back like Carl Lawson's back and he's playing good like at a legitimate hundred percent rate and they're not playing well. 
halfway through the year or a few games into the year and you want to move on mid-season? Okay, maybe that's a little bit of a different conversation, but right now I, I don't think it's fair to say that. Because we just ran through how many people out who were supposed to be starters on this team. So I don't think it's quite fair yet. I agree, Roger. I think we need more time. James, New Jersey. What do we have, friend? Matty, yo, what's going on? It's James from New Jersey. I hope you uh, use this voicemail instead of the last one. The last one was the pessimistic Jets fan. Okay, we want to go optimistic. It's going to be semi-optimistic Jets fan. Let's do it. So anyway, um, after Sunday's loss and after these past couple days of listening to you, Jake Asman, and other Jets content, I decided to redevelop myself and give more optimism, okay, a little bit. Um, again, first sort of business, you know, it, it lost. At least Doug Wilson had a good first half. It wasn't great in the second half, but he had a good first half. So there is a sense of improvement. So I like that, okay? Second order of business. Uh, I wanted to talk about this in the last one. Well, anyway, the kicker. We've having a, we're having a kicker issue, man. At this point, I might as well have had him and Dolan still kick instead of this Kessman guy. I, I, I don't know what's going on with this kicking issue. This is, this is, this is so ridiculous. But anyway, moving forward now, you know, just hopefully these next five games, Zach Wilson improves. Um, you know, I just, 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 just have to come down to just hopefully you see a development and improvement of Zach Wilson. That's all I want it to be. And then moving forward, um, you know, we need, we need the edge probably. You know, we have Carl Lawson, I think. Uh, you know, someone said before, you can't never have uh, enough edge rushers or an offensive lineman again. Again, like I mentioned last week, just Joe Douglas just needs another another class to draft. I mean, he's hit the first three to four picks from the 2021 class. I think he just needs more time. I think Jets fans have to be patient. I know that P word is a is a overused word, and people don't want to be patient, but we have to. We need to stop comparing Zach Wilson, Matt Jones. That Matt Jones went to pretty much went to the Alabama NFL system. <laughs> and the Patriots, it is what it is. And all these other quarterbacks in the rookie class are struggling as well. So it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be ideal. So we have to be patient, unfortunately. But, you know, that's the optimism going for me. But I know everyone's going to get PO'd. People are going to probably yell at me about this voicemail. It is what it is. But anyway, sorry for making this long, man. Hope you get this email, uh, this voicemail. There's the other one. As always, go Jets. Thank you, man. Yeah, I, I know. Patience. People don't want to hear patience. They don't. After missing the playoffs for as long as the Jets have, they don't want to hear it. But it's not Robert Sala's fault. It's not Zach Wilson's fault. It's not at the, yet Joe Douglas's fault that they missed the playoffs for all those years. But I'm kind of with James here, man. You're you're allowed to use this year as building blocks. The Jets have a boatload of picks. They're going to have four picks in the top 50. Make the most of it. There's a lot, and they're going to have a ton of cap space. It's one of the, they're going to be one of the rare teams that not only has a lot of cap space, but also has a lot of draft assets. The cap's going up, too. It goes up all the time, but it's, it's going up pretty nice chunk this year. Got to make the most of it. Have to. Sorry. And maybe it's not, oh, we're going to use every single draft pick. Maybe it's trading a mid-round pick for an established player, a veteran who could come in and play right away and be good for this team. Not someone who's past his prime, not like, oh, let's flip a seventh and see if we find like some diamond in the rough. Like, no, an established player, because there's teams who are going to be in cap hell. It happens all the time that are looking to move on from a player. 
Good Buffalo. They traded for Stefan Diggs. Did they give up? I mean, they gave up a first rounder for it. I'm not saying, you know, the Jets give up pick five for a number one wide receiver, but like, I don't know. You, you have a ton of assets so you can get creative. It doesn't have to be, oh, Joe Douglas hasn't been very good in free agency, but he can build the whole thing through the draft. No, it can't be. It has to be a mix of everything. But we're allowed to talk positives. It should be about that. I don't want to be just negative all the time. Don't. Sorry. Tired of it. I think it has to be a mix. So I appreciate that, James. Thank you for calling in, as always. Always like hearing from you. Let's do Caden. He wants to get into Wilson. Hey, Matt. This is Caden calling in for, from Western New York. So I just had this is I'm calling in Tuesday. I had a couple thoughts on the Jets game and then the Jets in general. So I wasn't able to watch the game because of where I live, I just they aren't broadcasting the game. So I wasn't able to watch it. But from all the reports I've heard from like Connor Hughes and um DJ um from New York Daily News, Zach looked a lot better than the Houston game. The Houston game kind of frightened me just how rusty he looked. But Zach really gave me something to be able to look forward to. He was fluid he was able to get his passes out make his reads better yes that one interception was kind of shaky and it's like it was uh, that wasn't the greatest but you got to look at the situation where he he's under so much pressure because the, t- the defense was doing squad and couldn't couldn't stop a damn cold that he had to carry the team and he feels that pressure and he just wants to be able to help the team and he, it just forces them into a mistake where he has to push the ball downfield so really, in general, I don't blame Zach Mark too much for that interception. But in general, I'm just I'm happy to see the progress he made and how LaFleur is really calling good plays to help get him in rhythm. And then a couple other quick thoughts. So um, I wanted to talk about the the last two draft classes from Joe Douglas. This one, the um, 2021 one's looking very promising so far. Zach Wilson, and hopefully he continues to get better. Um, but AVT's been an absolute beast. Elijah Moore, oh my goodness, he's awesome. Michael Carter, Michael Carter 1, was a beast <laughs> before he went down with an injury. Michael Carter 2 is great as well. Um, Brandon Eccles, when he was on the field, was looking good. And then we still have the possibility of Jamie Sherwood and Nazareline developing. So that draft class is looking really good. My main worry, though, is the 2020 draft class. The talent is there. We've seen it with Beckton and Nims. But really, Dr. Atlas is not shaping up to be the greatest. I mean, we all love Mount Beck, and who doesn't? But he's so injury-prone. When he's on the field, he's great, and no one can deny that. But that's the thing. When he's on the field, because he really hasn't been on the field all too much, because he gets injured a lot. So that pick has been up in the air. Mims, who knows what's happening with him? He is not involved with the offense. When he is, he can't catch the damn ball. So that one's coming into question. Ashton Davis is just a pure track star, and that's it. Jabari's and is on the practice squad. Cam Clark is injured. Well, Michael P. Ryan hasn't even been elevated, even when, like, Michael Carter's been injured. James Morgan's not even on the damn team anymore. So, base, so like, the third and fourth round picks are basically waste at this point. Really, the only thing that's keeping this draft class afloat is Bryce Hall and how well and, like, exceptionally he has been playing. I mean, he did... Oh, uh, that big touchdown to Brandon Cooks in the Houston game, and he did has work cut out for him against Buffalo. But he has just played tremendously well. Like, I got cut at the end there, but uh, here's my take on the 2020 class. Um, I I don't think the Mackay Becton injury prone thing is fair because there's a freak injury that happened to him this year. He played 14 games last year. Like he he played a decent amount last year. He did. 
Did he get banged up? Yeah, but he was playing at a Pro Bowl caliber pace as a rookie. I don't. I just can't be one to quickly throw that away and act like that never happened. Because I'm not saying Caden is, but I I see it and in the comments on YouTube or in my mentions on Twitter or Instagram DMs, all that stuff about uh, he's fat and out of shape, which clearly wasn't true. If you watch him in the, in the off season, getting ready for the season, he was good to go. He got rolled up on that. That's just unlucky. It is. And I hope we see him for a couple more games this year. I really do. I hope he gets back out there because he, when, when he was on the field last year, as a rookie, he was the best left tackle in the class, right? Like you had really nice pieces from that draft class who played on the right side of the offensive line. Like everyone's going to say, oh, you should have took Willis, right? Or whoever the Browns took. Was it Willis? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Point of the, the moral of the story. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. It doesn't matter. Point of the story is he plays on the right. So you can't compare. Andrew Thomas played on the left. He was better than Andrew Thomas last year. That That's a direct comparison. That's bothering me. Who the hell did the Buccaneers take last year? Why can't I think of it? Went to Iowa. Oh, cripes. Tristan Wirfs. I don't know why my brain just not working today. Tristan Wirfs. Played on the right. Jedrick Willis went to the Browns. All over the place. Um, and we'll see. Th- this next five games, we're going to see if Denzel Mims is going to be a future part of this team or not. I hope so. I think the talent is there. But even if it's just Makai and Bryce Hall, you can get by with a starting corner and a starting left tackle from a draft class. 2021 looks a lot better, obviously, but... I'm not as down on the 2020 class because of how big a fan I was of Hall and because I like Makai and because I'm still holding out for Denzel. If those three, if two of them are starters and Mims is like a rotational wide receiver who's like pretty good, then fine. Obviously still have a lot more to prove, but we'll see. Let's close out with Chris from Ronkonkoma. What's up, Matt? It's Chris from Ronkonkoma. What up, dude? I'm going to make this short, sweet. Zach Wilson's playing fine. I don't really think he's the problem. I think a lot of fans who are harping on him are the same people who wanted to keep Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold played himself into a benching position over in Carolina. But the real issue for the Jets is our defense. It doesn't matter who's behind center. No one's going to win when our defense is giving up 30 points a game. That's just pathetic. But I do love how the offense stepped up a little bit. Zach Wilson did a pretty good show, even though he didn't get the ball in the second half. The defense just doesn't want to do anything, I guess. But that's really about it, as always. Gangrene, baby. Love it. Thank you, as always. You're right. With the defense right now, they're not going to win no matter how good the young quarterback looks. And if you were to do a Venn diagram of the people who are already done with Zach Wilson and the people who were Sam Donald believers, it would be a circle because it would be the same. 99% 99% of the time. There's some exceptions to the rule. You have some who are just miserable, number one. And you also have number two, people who want Justin Fields. And I get that. But outside of Mac Jones, who went into a perfect situation and won a game throwing three goddamn passes this week, 
What has any of the other rookie quarterbacks from this class done that made you say, ah, I would have rather taken that guy? Not a damn thing. Can we let it play out? Please? Don't know. Like, I... When was it? Last year, I gave up on Sam... Denver game, I guess? Around that time, I want to say. But how many starts was that? 30? If Zach looked like what he did against Houston in start 30, then yes, we could have a legitimate conversation about, okay, what do we do at the quarterback position? But it starts six or, or complete game six? Oh, it's a bit much. And he's in a much better position. I really am confident in Wilson, and I am confident in the Jets' offense going forward. Get some help. They're not done yet. But I think they're trending in the right direction. That's going to do it for me in this episode. Thank you so much for putting up with my nonsense of being later than usual. Appreciate all you guys. Make sure to check out uh, the rest of the channel for all kinds of Jets coverage. Wherever you listen to the show, please make sure to subscribe, like the video, comment, all that fun stuff. Love you guys. I'm Matt O'Leary. I'll catch you next time.